Hey everyone, welcome to the 11th episode of the Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Mashur, and in today's episode, I had a conversation with my friend Shopnil. Shopnil and I used to go to the same middle school, and I haven't had a long-form conversation with him for about 10 years, so I thought it would be interesting to see what he's up to, and I think we had a very productive conversation about growth and self-acceptance and how far we've come from where we were 10 years ago. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, Shopno, thank you for coming on. Hey, Mashur, it's good to see you again, man. It's been a long time. Yeah, dude, I think it's been 10 years, maybe around 10 years since uh, since we last spoke. I think the last time I saw you actually was uh, on a train. I think we were on the TTC and I was in high school. I was going to Danforth and you were going to Blur, I think. Yeah, yeah. And no, yeah, it's, it's been different. I mean, I think like... Basically, like after we left Samuel Hearn, I, I basically left that entire chapter of my life behind. And mm. I just like looked forward towards high school and stuff like that, you know? So I really yeah. fell off with everyone. It's kind of incredible where like, you know, when we were growing up as kids in that neighborhood and, you know, it was a, it was a pretty rough neighborhood at the time. You know, like if you look, if I look back, I remember like I watched someone get shot. I like back in like uh, 20, 2009 or 2010, can't remember. Uh, it was like in, in the Teasdale complex area. Um, and like a, a lot of people now, if you look back 10 years ago until now, like everyone has like kind of, you know, they're doing amazing things. People have picked up different hobbies, like different career paths. And like, it's kind of incredible to see everyone flourishing in, in different, different aspects, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually look back at it in that and I don't really, cause I, cause when you look back at middle school, you just see like people in their goofy selves, right? Like playing soccer at lunch or just mm-hmm. hanging around at recess and stuff. And now they're like, yeah, I'm like a, I'm like a software engineer at Amazon or like, I'm doing, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing like this at, at, at like AMD. I'm like, what? Oh. Yeah. Like, what am I? Wow. What am I doing? Right? Like I'm just <laughs> sleeping really. <laughs> nah, man, you're doing, you're doing amazing things. Um, you know, so you're, you're, in engineering now or are you like yeah yeah so basically i should probably give you a bit of an update of what i did yeah man tell me it's been 10 years man i don't even know what's going on so basically like after high school because okay so to give background if you remember in 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 samuel hern i was i was bullied a little bit or actually quite a lot i was pretty much at the i was pretty much at the bottom of the social period uh pyramid to be fair um didn't have many friends or whatever um probably around grade eight like when we I, you know, you remember Zarif, right? Mm-hmm. Zarif towards the end of grade eight, like we access, we got paired up for a project and I didn't want to be with him because he doesn't do any work and he didn't want to be with me because <laughs> I was the nerd. And then we ended up, we ended up finding out that we're actually not, uh, like I'm not actually as nerdy as he thought. And I'm, he's not actually as bad as I thought he was. Yeah, or yeah. And we started like becoming friends and stuff. Kind of crazy. Then, you know? Yeah. It was yeah. crazy, man. We actually started, we, we, we hung out a lot over the years, you know? And I was like, I'm like, wow, like at one point this kid used to bully me, you know? And then, and then like, uh, he's like, wow, I used to bully this kid. He's actually kind of cool, you know? And then anyways, so I went to high school, right? I, I got accepted to Tops on Bloor. Um, oh yeah, I remember like, that's like, that was like some top quality, uh, you know, top standard school, right? In Toronto. Yeah. The thing, okay. So the thing is like everyone, I know, especially the South Asian community says this, they're like, oh, my son is in Tops, blah, blah. But the thing is, it's not really, it's not really the, the thing about like being an advanced math or science or anything like that. The true value of tops is the people that you meet. And the reason for that mm-hmm. is because usually everyone that you meet in tops, they're like really, how do I describe it? They're not like, they're not like, um, 
they, they have ambitions. They're usually very ambitious people because mm-hmm. they're usually the top of their class or whatever, right? right. Now, you might, you might meet a few cocky people who are like, okay, like I can, mm-hmm. I can do like mental multiplication like three seconds faster than well, you. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, okay, dude. Hell like, yeah, no. dude. <laughs> you just, you like pretend to care a little bit. <laughs> you're like, okay, you know, but, but you, you, you know, you, you're like, all right. But then um, you meet people who also, um, they're like, I said ambitious, but they're like, they have good personalities, you know, and they're extremely non-judgmental as well. Yeah. You know? but, I think I was just about to say that as well in the sense that I think, you know, when you, when you surround yourself with people that are, uh, that are ambitious and that are aiming high, you also yeah. tend to aim high as well, regardless of what the field is that they're aiming towards. Um, now, this I, is the truth. Yes. Right. And I, I feel like even, even with like, just, and, and, and the habits that you gain from that high school definitely can translate on to like university and like later on in life where like, you know, you're more conscientious. You can like kind of figure you're more organized. You're able to like uh, apply yourself in, in these situations that are kind of similar. Right. So you have at least a bit of a footing into the next uh, st- stage of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then another thing, like a, a good example of this is, so my school, Bloor had like what, 450 people, 550 people. Mm-hmm. And half of the people w- were in the tops program, right? Um, they usually take like 60 individuals per year. And then across four years, that's 240 people. So it's a little less than half, right? But basically what you end up having is um, like th- pretty much the entire school is full of quote unquote nerds. Hmm. notice how i said quote unquote because that's uh, they have other interests aside from studying um and because a lot of people are very focused and they're they're very goal oriented you'll actually see like in our high school there were barely any people that um did drugs barely any people that 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 drank drank, did underage drinking um very few people that that were you know engaging in unsafe sex Mm -hmm. etc you know and that's very culture yeah it's extremely it's it's pretty much a south asian parents dream really (laughs) but i mean like i mean honestly like if i hadn't gone to tops i probably would have been a very different person today really because in in middle school uh, i i lacked a lot of confidence within myself you know because i got a lot of negative reinforcement from people Mm. um because I, i was generally kind of a weird kid but i think like in tops like a lot of people were very accepting um and they were very nurturing and and they they were very supportive and over time, that allows you to really grow your, your own self-value and your self-worth, you know? So you can finally yeah, sure. flourish and bloom, like, when you're, by the Did time... Did you find, like, when you were in high school or by, by the time you transitioned? Because, I, I mean, from this side of the table, it seems like, like, my experience at Hearn, obviously, there was, like, bullying and whatever in, you know, when, when you're at that age of, like, you know, six, seven, grade six, seven, eight, whatever, right? Right. Um, and, you know, people, you know, children are mean, you know, as, as it tends to be. People ostracize you, they get into groups. And they, you know, there's like this tribal mentality. It's like very, very primal, right? Um, but I found that at least in self-expression, like you, like you were saying, when I went to Danforth, like we, Danforth obviously isn't like tops where, you know, we had the mass program and I'm very grateful for like, I wasn't in the mass program, but I was very grateful for the resources that the school provided because I think even today, like a lot of my fundamentals are strong because of the education that I was able to acquire from this public school um, yeah. in, in Toronto. And so, like, looking back now, I look at high school as an experience where I was able to fully express myself to my capabilities in the sense that even though our school wasn't, like, like we had our fair mix of, like, quote-unquote drug kids or problem children or whatever you want to call them. Right. Um, and even, like, you know, like, the jock kids, the different cliques that existed. But I think in Danforth, something that was very special 
It's like everybody was kind to everyone. So every group was in 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 uh, harmony, I guess, in a, in a weird way, where like they weren't yes. like groups where like oh you can't sit here, you can't do this. People were just chilling together. You know, you'd have classes together. Smart kids would help, like you know, help around and stuff. So there wasn't like a lot of like competitive, uh, neurotic behavior. It was more right. accepting and just more chill, I guess, in the sense that you know. So that provided a very beautiful foundation for me in terms of my social skills because i was like oh like i could socialize with anyone everyone has like we have more in common than we have in you know uh that we have more things that unite us than divide us right so that's some that's a very important lesson i learned from a a very young age like those teen years when i realized like hey assume that people they don't know have things to offer you right don't assume that you know everything or you're better than other people based on like social class or whatever which is something that was kind of instilled in us when we were younger because the the hierarchies that existed within those elementary middle school uh situations right um so if you had the choice to go back to like let's say you're in grade eight and you you could pick another high school would you go back to danforth a hundred percent i mean like that's the only experience i know right and right that's that's another thing right so I, i mean for me it was just like i mean like i'll tell you man like when i was in danforth uh i was in grade eight and you know like um south asian parents my parents were obviously like you know they're immigrants they wanted the best for me and then you know everyone around us was kind of we all kind of looked the same i guess you know it was a lot of visible minorities <laughs> yeah no kidding yeah uh, a lot of a lot of like similar values um so then at the time i applied to the mass program at satec and mm-hmm. the one at danforth and right. i made it to the one at satec mm-hmm. but the one at da- uh, I didn't make it to the one at Danforth, but then I chose to go to the regular program at Danforth just because I felt like SATEC would have been. I don't know why, man. I think maybe it's because my cousins went to Danforth. I was just like more inclined towards Danforth, even though I didn't get into the the special uh, program of smart kids, you know. Personally, and, <laughs> I think it would have been harder to stand out at SATEC, anyways, just because because one they have they all have uniforms, so automatically it's just like. <laughs> You, yeah, you know man. what I'm trying to say? This is kind of like you have to pay $2 to dress down and you're like, oh, man, <laughs> like, you know? And the worst part is paying $600 for to, to for a school uniform. I'm like, man, I have to... Oh, that uniform was $600? From what I've heard, I've heard people from RH King and Satek, they're ordering their uniforms like $400 at least. At oh, least. Wow. I, I don't... I haven't... Wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, that would have been really expensive, especially given the economical circumstances of that my family was in the predicaments that we were in at the time it would have been mm. an unnecessary uh, cost yeah exactly um, yeah but like I, I felt like that expression of self that i that i was able to acquire danford like you asked me would i go anywhere else i i don't think so just because well like i said everything had to happen the way it, it did happen right nothing right. Would have any differently that's like the reality of it that's right um yeah. and you know like if you believe in like chain reactions and consequences of reactions, you know, every, yes. every little thing kind of adds to the next thing. Right. And over time they accumulate and then you get a larger reaction out of it. Right. So yes. all these little parts, like my parents immigrating to Canada, uh, moving to Teasdale of all places, you know, and like, you know, me going to Hearn, me going to like Danforth and then Waterloo afterwards, all of this, all of it was kind of, uh, I guess meant to be in a weird way because they, the right. preceding step kind of fed into the next one. Right absolutely yeah i mean they are all instrumental parts of who you are mm-hmm. right? it shaped who you are as a person so that's another thing i mean <laughs> every god you should see like it's kind of weird right like i i was 
listening to one of your podcasts and you're like, life is, is basically discovering who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel like, I feel like that's like what, that's like what I was doing at Bloor because at Bloor, like you, you're, you're in a math and science program. Right. But the thing is every year in tops, they take you on like a four day retreat in the fall. Right. Cause when you're in grade nine, the thing is, you know how like SATAC, like everyone comes from around the area to go to SATAC or whatever. Right, it's not right, like right. Across the entire city. I forgot Bloor, the term for it. Like there was a term for like schools outside of your area. Um, uh, what I, there's like a form for it they had to fill up. Remember, because like my, I think, I, oh, okay, optional attendance. Is it optional. optional? Yeah, it's optional attendance. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, because I think our homeschool was like Birchmount or something, right? It was, you know, yeah. yeah. So, so like, um, because everyone in Bloor, pretty much everyone in Tops is optional attendance. Like they, they come from different parts of the city. Bloor is not their homeschool. The thing is, a lot of people don't know like don't know each other, right? Like, you know how if you and me both went to State Tech from Simon Hearn, we both know each other, we hang out with each other first day of school, whatever, right? right. Thing is, in Tops, you don't have that because everyone's from different parts of the of the city. So what they do is to create that bond because Tops is very close-knit, right? To create that close-knit bond, they take you up to YMCA Camp Pinecrest for four mm. days in the fall and you you do like canoeing, kayaking, you do some swimming, you do a bunch of challenges, survival challenges. And does this happen like every year? This happens every year with the grade nines. So okay, okay. You have- all the grade nine top students go and then there's senior top students from grade 10, 11, and 12 that go as well to be like senior leaders for the incoming I think tops. that's a really good, uh, like, I, I guess, outlet in the sense that it is, it, it kind of mimics like an initiation process, right? Like of mm-hmm. any, any given tribe or like any given group of people as you're getting into it like that. Sometimes that initiation process is necessary because then you get to like meet the people that you're going to be interacting with for the next few years. Right. Mm -hmm. You try to understand and like under these stressful situations or like more survival quote unquote situations, you get to kind of see people behind the, you know, you know, that's right. That's exactly people express themselves in those extremes. Exactly. And actually it's funny because, because these types of situations, they, they, they allow you to see a person in every, every sort of aspect. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like if a person puts a front on at school or whatever, right, it's extremely hard to put that type of front on, on a trip like that. Right. So a lot right. of people, they're able to form a lot closer bonds with each other and that, and those closer bonds really stick. Right. I remember in the beginning, like when the top people said that, I'm like, okay, come on. All right. You know what I mean? I'm right. like, okay, <laughs> that's right. Like whatever, but I'm ser- like, I'm serious. It actually works. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Cause a lot of my friends from high school, they're pretty much like, I'm close. I'm very close with them. Like we we're like, uh, we're literally gang for life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing. And the thing is like at camp at YMCA Pinecrest, like I found a love for canoeing and kayaking and I really liked the camp environment. And later on, this would probably this would probably cause me to become a senior leader. So I went as a senior leader two times Mm. um, back to camp or whatever for the new grade nines. Um, And then even in university during the summers, the four months off, I worked at camp as a, as a canoe and kayak instructor as well. Wow. So see how like it kind of influenced, you know, all these little steps really have an impact on like the long, if if you look at life as a long course of, of actions that are taking place, Right. You know, it's like important to kind of see like how these things live up to the next thing. Right. So like, for right. example, with this, even with this podcast, right, the idea wasn't like, I, I don't know if you know this, but I've been writing this blog for uh, five years now. Right. Right. And I started it on like a, like a random night. I was in my first year of university. I was at Waterloo. I was away from home. My parents yes. during this time moved to Alberta. Right. And I was like, you know, away from my family. And I was, uh, I was on the, I was like down in the gutters for a bit, man. Like it was like a rough time for me to adjust to like, uh, university life, 
living away from home all, all the things had to come together and like you know i like my academic performance was like really not i knew it wasn't to the best of my abilities you know right uh i gained like 30 pounds like it was not a good time for me so i found writing as a way of uh kind of curating my thoughts and putting right. manifesting ideas into something tangible right right so i just on a random like i think it was like november 15th or something in the middle of november like this cold night in my in my basement where i was living i just right. like you know my computer screen broke as well i think i remember my laptop broke and then i had it connected to this monitor and uh okay. the square monitors that you can get at like the libraries or stuff i think someone threw it out and i took it and uh i remember writing this first piece down and i was like very and to this day i think it's still one of my like most viewed pieces and i think that kind of started off this thing of like production 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 like hey get into what you want to really get into and then fully experience that and try to like create more of you you know right. um right. so that's where that this idea came from for the podcast and five years later i'm trying to manifest those ideas into this audio format because it seems like a lot of people consume audio more than they read nowadays yeah it's, it's i i'm actually pretty guilty of this as well because oh, i so, haven't me too man for sure <laughs> I have like an hour commute to work. So that's all I, I straight up do, you know, and it's a good way to get, get your, your brain going in the morning as well. hundred percent podcasts, audiobooks. Um, there's so many different ways to uh, acquire information now, you know, like you don't have to sit around playing games on your phone. I don't know what you want to do, you know, <laughs> like, I like such an information vampire. Cause I, I actually live off of information, especially Reddit too. I, I, I love reading Reddit and oh, I don't dude, like Reddit is like one of the best tools i've ever discovered in my life like Honestly, yeah. uh, without a doubt i discovered it in my second year of university mm-hmm. and man like sometimes i wish i didn't because it's just so addicting to like go on on subreddits and just mm-hmm. like read 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 you know what i mean so and the craziest thing is like any type of hobby that you're into there's definitely a a, a community for that right, right. so yeah. for example like i i started seriously playing chess uh like two years ago i think 2018 yeah. i was like all right i really like chess and i started playing it like one to two hours a day right and in the beginning uh-huh. i was really bad at it you know and then only recently i got much much better than where i started you know but yeah. uh, a lot of the times the community on reddit like they'll tell you like they'll give you puzzles to solve and they'll give you like tips to like get better at your game you know same thing with like fitness working out um you know i follow like uh, fashion communities for like males and stuff like that, hairstyles, yeah. beard. Yeah. So there's like a whole, whatever you could imagine exists, you know, within this like, spread of like information. Yeah. I think Reddit is, it's just a gold mine, seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and actually that's probably, <laughs> that's probably a good way to go into why I, I um, <laughs> stopped using a lot of my social media. Oh, um, you did? Well, I mean, I had Instagram, uh, I had Instagram like for seven and a half years. And then I just like, I like deleted it a few months ago and not just deactivate. Like I straight up deleted it. And the what reason caused for you to do that? It, it, it's just, it's like, I don't know. Like in the beginning when I started using Instagram, like it was just like your friends or whatever, right. That you see, see from school and stuff. Right. And you're like, okay, yeah. Like, you know, this person had a birthday party. That's so cool. Whatever. Right. But then like now, like it's just, it's like ever since meme pages popped up. Yeah. Like they're funny and stuff. But then, but then the thing is, then they try to get your attention by like, putting the thumb like the thumbnail is like some half naked person or whatever right yeah and they're just trying to get your attention and like people start advertising basically like when instagram started becoming a career for people that's when it started to get like it, it became different you know i mean I, I guess like a free platform like that you become the product right like so 
like when you even though it's like quote unquote free like facebook is free instagram is free but it's not really it's like you know they're selling your information you know sometimes the ads i get are, are creepy man i'm like i don't know i was talking to my friend about like i don't know blender or something uh yeah. you know and then the next day i'm scrolling through instagram and guess what ad i get for amazon i get a freaking blender ad, you, you know actually? yeah and i was like yo what, what's going on now it could be like i could have searched it before maybe on my phone or something no there's no uh, way you know they had the cookies and stuff um for that so i don't know like i think i think for me like that for sure like i i agree with you i think for mental health purposes like social media has always been like a double edged sword but i think yeah. right now in my life it is almost overwhelming to be able to get that much information at at, at any given point That's you know great. so yeah. yeah i certainly don't think our brains are designed to 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 handle this much information without a doubt you know um i think but uh, like i read an article and it, the article basically said that data is the new oil you know and, oh, and it's yeah, true of course if you have data right you can you can you can literally you can literally manipulate people and they wouldn't even know i mean know, look at look at facebook right look at the yeah. elections look at facebook look at politics like the state of politics at the moment right it's everyone's on twitter at all times letting you know all their thoughts like okay why should you know certain things obviously need attention and you know that's right. like that's a productive way of using social media right. because you're drawing attention to things that need that require attention that require money that require people uh, to take action right right like we i had um i had one of the professors on to talk about the black lives matter movement and you know right. uh, she like we talked about this a lot we talked about how social media has played a fundamental part in this movement at the at this period right of right. like you know allowing people to see the truth and stuff like that just straight from other people's cell phone videos and what not right um, exactly but the flip side of that is like if you get like the anxiety meter that your brain has is just going off all the time right mm, because yeah. you are putting on this facade of who you are on like this social media presence if you will right yeah. and then you you feel like you have to live up to this presence of like oh like people expect these behaviors from me people expect these ideas from me right and yeah. then you care what other people think so like even your own reality is molded around the perceptions of how people perceive you which is based right. on likes and comments and the interactions they have with their posts, right. which is literally a fake piece of time that you posted up on the internet for people to enjoy. Right. Now, yeah. So I, I started realizing that there's, I was feeling good from getting likes, you know what I mean? Like I was getting, you know, yeah. and that can be, it is literally like a drug. Like once it, you get on it, you're like, I'm like, you know, that little refresh, you scroll down, you, you pull it down yeah, and then it refreshes. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly. Like coming in is like wow, people like me. <laughs> I know. I know. I was so bad like it, it got so bad like I'd screenshot like let's say you post something and then um like you don't see it see it go on Instagram for like half an hour and then you come back it's like 82 likes like I'd screenshot that and be like yeah. You know? <laughs> 82 likes, you know what I mean? Oh, like that, so bad, you know. And, and the thing is it also sucks a lot of your time because the thing is like if you if you follow like if you follow meme pages and stuff, right? they're going to produce an endless amount of content, right? So oh, yeah. It's a of information. It, there's no end to it. Like, you're just yeah. going to keep scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And, yeah, like, I tried deactivating it, whatever, right? But the thing is, I knew it existed, so I could always go back to it, right? So, so finally, I'm like, no, this is a more permanent solution. And, and also, the thing is, like, you know how you have stories, right, on Instagram? Mm -hmm. The thing is, like, if you notice, like, when people have a new story, there's, like, a color around around their little uh, window or whatever at the it's top like, of your Instagram. it's like either red or like green right 
Yeah, yeah, that, right? And the thing is, like, you're just naturally drawn to it and you keep on, like, push, tapping, tapping, tapping until you get to the end, right? That's another thing, too. Like, no one's really paying attention to the stories that are, that are happening. Everyone just, like, like, tap. Unless maybe something catches your eye and then you, like, interact with it. But other but than even, that, you're just, like, scrolling through it. Especially the people who record concerts. Oh, my God. There's, like... Oh, yeah. That's, like... Like, a- that? <laughs> I, just, I just honestly don't... Like, did you... I asked, like, did you even, did you even enjoy the concert? If you took the whole concert by your phone, like, did you even enjoy it? You know? Yeah. yeah. No one. And I'm talking about no one watches those. Nobody. I used to work at the Rogers Center when I was, uh, when I was in grade nine or 10. And uh, I remember back then I didn't have a phone. Like I used to carry my mom's phone, but even back then, like the phones, like the cameras weren't that great either. Like maybe the iPhone was good at taking photos, like, like relatively, but Mm. like video wasn't really the thing yet, you know? And then I, it's like back when people had like those like sliding keyboard phones. Remember those? Yeah, and then, yeah I, I wanted one of those. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I think a lot of people had like iPod touches, like the new iPod touch that came out. It was like, right. Like, that was a great thing for us. Man. Yeah. yeah. Everyone was on that. Right. Like they yeah. were just like, well, this is like the new, this is like the future. But anyway, man, I remember like working at the Rogers Center and then I used to work at concerts. So I saw like One Direction live. I saw like, Justin Timberlake and Jay-Z, like a bunch of people I remember working in the, during these times. And back then, people were just like enjoying it. No one, like maybe one or two people had like those like weird, you know, those like uh, Sony cameras. Yeah, like camcorders. Not, not even the camcorders, like the, the ones that like you can take snapshots and stuff, but like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't no, know the Sony called. Ericsson, I believe. Those I have no phones? idea, man. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. go on. Um, but some people were taking photos like that. But other than that, it was just like chill. But nowadays, if you go to a concert, like it, like we record more of our lives, but then I'm starting to realize like, for what? Like, who really cares about my life? You know, who like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not since we like, really, yeah, it's true. It's true though, right? Right. It is. And, and that's, that's like another thing, right? Because even, even like mindlessly just tapping through those, that's just, that's not, that's just a waste of time, really. So I started deactivating all of those. So I, I wouldn't get any like story notifications from anyone or anything and that's how i like basically slowly weaned off and then when i noticed like nobody really posted anymore like people people don't post as much anymore from what mm-hmm. i see there's just the same few people posting all, always and i realized it was time for me to quit like finally when i realized the last time i posted was 12 like 14 months ago mm-hmm. i was like wow like there's really no value left and then yeah I took the question, yeah know? that's that's really good man i'm, I'm well, like it takes a lot of energy to do that it was a it was a very spontaneous decision, but I found that um, whatever I lost from that, it makes up on Reddit. I guess. I just... Yes, yes so I was actually just about to bring this up, man. Um, last year, uh, I went to Japan, and I was like, okay, you know what? I don't I don't need to take any social media with me, so I deleted all my apps beforehand, you know. And then I went there, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna enjoy this new, and I did. I did enjoy like the the environment and every new stimulus, uh, uh, you know, uh, that I got right yeah. in that time. But then, like, I had Reddit on my phone, and then at night in my hotel room, I'm just like scrolling Reddit endlessly. I was like, okay, what am I doing? Right? Like, I should be just like, maybe I should use Reddit to like figure out where I have to go next, you know, or whatever. But yeah. I was definitely not using it to the best of my abilities. And then also, I think, like last uh, last July, I want to say, like a, a year ago, mm-hmm. I deleted social media for I think three, four, three to four months. I was just completely okay. gone off everything. 
I just, yeah. just had Messenger on my phone because like I use that to like interact with people. But other than that, yeah. I was like, you know, you know my number, you know where to find me. Just email me or something. I don't know. Like <laughs> you'll figure yeah. it out. You know. Yeah. Um. And then those three months, man, felt like it was it was really nice actually. Like if I look back, it felt very purposeful. Like no no time was wasted on stuff that I didn't want to do or be engaged in. You know. Right. Um, now that I have this podcast, I kind of like, I I almost feel like I need. A social media presence to be able to like share these ideas with people this is fair yeah right yeah. but i'm right. even trying to like find a way to like come around it because now i'm like deleting instagram like the app off my phone every week and then i download yeah. it again on friday or saturday or sunday when i post right it. on the weekend comes yeah. by yeah so that feels like a better excuse me better process for me to like get into it you know rather than mm-hmm. just like being consumed by it all the time right that's yeah that's that's another thing but i also think like the need for validation drives a lot of this as well oh dude it's a, it's all instant gratification you know what i mean like you become yeah. this like because like that's how they got us with fast food you know they they fed us like mcdonald's and we're like wow this is amazing like what like tastes so good right you love that taste you love you don't you don't you're not thinking about the long-term consequences of like right, right. Uh, can't pertain to you're thinking about how good it tastes so at the moment when you get those likes scrolling in, you're like, wow. Yeah. Like, look at me. Yeah. I have so much social value. <laughs> you know what I mean? no, yeah. That's the thing, right? A lot of people gauge their like social value on how many friends they have on Facebook and how many followers they have and stuff. It's, it's too much. You can't, you honestly, it's not a sustainable, it's not sustainable and you can't create real There's like a limit of people that you can remember. I think it's like 250 or something like in- actually. Yeah. 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 Go on. In any, like, uh, I, I forget the exact number, but it's around, like, maybe 150, 200, 250, yeah. maybe. Uh, I, I heard about this as well. Yeah. And, like, beyond that, you can't really keep up with people. Like, yes, you can have acquaintances and you, you know people, right? But, like, if you think about memories, right? Like, even, like, if you're not in constant contact with these people, you tend yeah. to, like, wean off of each other, right? Because that energy right. is not present there anymore. Like, even, like, dude, for example, like, our relationship, if I want to speak to it, right? Like, I haven't... Right. I haven't talked to you in 10 years, man. I haven't talked to you since I was like, I was like 12. Yeah. You know, I'm 22 now. We're both 20, 22, 23 this year, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So like, obviously our lives went in different directions, right? And obviously I had no bad right. omens towards you. Like I was like, like, of course. like I, I clearly want you to, you know, do the best that you can do. Um, right. As I, as I want for all my friends, because like when everyone wins, we all win, right? Like it, it's That's right. society wins together. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, for me to even come back to that, like now I'm, I guess I'm rekindling a lot of these friendships that I haven't, uh, you know, and like the best part about these friendships too, is like, I think a lot of the times it's like low maintenance. Like I can respect and love the fact that you are doing your own thing and right. I'm doing my own thing. And then when our exactly. paths cross, it's like we catch up and it's like all, all good again. It's like, we're back in, exactly. like, we're back chilling. You That's know? Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, those friendships are the best. The ones where like an infinite amount of time can pass, but you pick up where you left off. Mm-hmm. You know, that was said. That was said to me by my good friend Matt. You know, mm-hmm. shout out to Matt. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Matt from London. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I think definitely having a good group of support. Like I, I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, wow, man, I'm so lucky. Like within this, within the craziness of life, like so much stuff happening at all times, right? I have been blessed with a great set of people around me that just add energy onto my life rather than taking away energy, right? Absolutely. And, and the people that are not good for you kind of, kind of naturally wean off. Like they don't, they don't stick around for long. Right. You know, like there's a saying that that I really uh, subscribe to. The idea is that, you know, I think Dr. Sue said it. Um, 
but it's what did he say he said uh people oh okay i think i got this people that uh mind don't matter and people that matter don't mind yeah i, I i've heard this before so it's like it's like it kind of like solidified the idea of being hundred percent yourself because the people you attract will be there regardless of the person right. that you are, you know. Absolutely, yeah, that's exactly it. That's also why I don't I don't believe in like just pretending or, or not being yourself to try to win over people because it's not sustainable long term. Well, that's just dishonesty, right? That's fake. Right. That's, that's lies, you know. And lies compound over time. Like they don't. Of course, you know. Yes. And the more you lie to yourself, even like we we. I mean, I did this a lot, and I'm trying to catch myself more and more now, where yeah. I even within my judgments, I think sometimes. You know, sometimes you don't get enough work done, but you think you, you fool yourself by saying like, oh, I got enough. I got, I got all of it done. Like you, uh, under, you don't so understand the concept, you know, and you're like, oh, I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> like, you know, and then you get screwed over in an exam. All right? the time. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and like, it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a strike on the ego to be, to be able to say, wait a minute. I don't know this. Like I am actually not well-versed in this area. Right. So I'm, right. I'm studying for the MCAT now. And as I'm studying for this, like I become that like it really hurts when you get things wrong you're like oh my god like i'm such an idiot <laughs> like you know yeah and then there's so many comparisons uh, to the no, people around you, you exactly know? no that's a tough one too right and, and when you compare to people around you you never really compare to people below you you're always comparing to right above, right. right so then so so then you you end up like always being like oh i'm not good enough your I'm perception not is always skewed to the right like it's always like yeah. the, the people that are in front of you that you're comparing yourself to right and you don't like the, the messed up thing is like I don't even understand the fact that we can have comparisons between people. Like it doesn't make any sense to me now, it's, at least because like every single person has different circumstances of life. That's genetics. Exactly. That's, that's like, uh, you know, nature, nurture, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. All of it plays a part in it. You know, we're so extremely lucky that we even got to go to university, for example. Right. Right. How many people, like a lot, like majority of the people in, on, like on this planet don't get to have that experience. Right. You know? So like, and- there's like, clearly certain things we have to be grateful for that we just like we have like tunnel vision and we can't see it other than what's right in front of us you know yeah i know exactly what you mean and even then right like you can't like every person like unless you and a person had the exact same decisions that you made at every stage of your life then maybe just maybe you could compare a little but bit genetically but you're going to be different as well right exactly that's right. also another thing so the only realistic thing you can do is compare against yourself Really. Like compare yourself to who you were yesterday, you know, exactly. rather yeah. than someone else today, because I think, I think, um, like, a, like something that we have to be mindful for, and this kind of ties back to social media. When you're yeah. on social media, you're subconsciously comparing yourself to someone else, right? Of yes. A snapshot of someone else, not even the re- reality of it. You see like a status, like, oh, this person, uh, did, like, you know, got this job or like this person did that or whatever. And we assume that, oh, like, look at, look at how big of a failure we are, you know? Right. Like we have these expectations that are not matching at the moment, right? And we, we become like, I guess like that you become very negatively, at least in my case, like I became very negatively affected by it for whatever reason. Like I had no reason to be, mm-hmm. but it's just like it kind of fed into that, that, you know, pattern, thinking pattern of oh, comparing, comparing, comparing. But you got to like right. be able to like snap out of that and separate yourself from that type of thinking. That is also a habit. 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty guilty of this habit myself. So I I always try to like drill it in my head. I'm like, no, it's okay. You're doing better than you did yesterday. Just relax. <laughs> just relax. Do you think that stems from like yeah. uh, childhood like uh, conditioning it and does, stuff like that? Man. Yeah, it honestly does. Cause I know you know you know my twin brother Niloy, right? Oh yeah. Like he would. My dad, man, no, he's doing good. He's doing. He he goes to Ryerson right now in BTM, and he's mm. doing his co-op with Enbridge. So oh, he has that until the end of December. Look at Pretty you good. He's killing it, man. Oh, stop, man. You're, you're, yeah. you're gassing yourself right now. But, like, I remember on report card day, right? Like, my dad would, he would compare my report card with Niloy's, you know? Right. And, and you guys are, like, the same age, same everything as well, right? Like Exactly. Yeah. So, but the thing is, like, the thing is, like, that's that's not healthy. You know, that's something I probably wouldn't, will never do with my, my children, you know, to, to compare. Because that's just not healthy i think as i've gotten older i've started to try i I, at least i'm more actively trying to understand the intentions behind those actions rather than the action itself so Mm. the way i look at it now and i I guess it's like uh it it is in a more forgiving lens towards my parents because my my parents obviously like every other parent in that neighborhood did this exact same thing where you were comparing your child's you know progress in in, at the the school with some other child has no relation to this child but whatever yeah you had to like you you had to make sure someone was doing better than the other person that's so close to home yeah that hits so and like on the social hierarchy scale you're like you know the the more a's you got the better of a son you are the more time you spend at the mosque the better of a son you are you know whatever the more quran you read the better you know whatever these like metrics were right, at the time it's it's pretty funny really because um i was talking to my sister and my sister's like did you know like a family considers you and niloy as successful i'm like what and she's like yeah like every time like they, they see you guys they tell their children see like they studied and now they they have like they have good jobs and stuff i'm like what like Right. Our dad doesn't say something like this to us. He never says that, you know? I think so he probably, really- like, say it, like, I mean, like, dude, you got to realize there's a lot of cultural uh, barriers intergenerationally, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, like, going back to my intentions uh, part that I, was, I wanted to talk about, like, I think when your parents, when your dad compared, you know, you to Niloy, at that moment in his head, he was probably thinking, oh, this is going to be a good motivator for Shopnil to, like, get his shit together, you know, in a lot right. of terms. Um, and, but like, obviously from the, like, you know, experiencing that from your end, it didn't look like that. It was just like, oh, like my dad doesn't love us equally. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. I I do agree. Even like the, the constant pushing to do homework and stuff like that. I I understand it's all out of love and stuff, you know, sometimes though, I wish that it was, it it was a different way. I think one thing that I'm very grateful for that I've, I've talked to my parents about this a lot is like, they've been, they have been very uh liberal i guess with my upbringing in the sense that my parents like they never forced religion onto me they never forced studying onto me they were just like you know my dad when i was growing up i remember like i and i told him this recently because like i felt like he needed to know this um when i was growing up we didn't have a lot of money but i mean like a lot of a lot of kids my age had like video games right like the game boy came out and like uh the playstation 2 or whatever at this time and yeah. I remember, like, you know, I got my first video game console when I was 14. That was in grade 9. I got a PS3. Yeah. Um, and, but before that, I had no video game consoles. And I remember, like, being very, like, angry about it. And I was, like, very salty about, like, the fact that my dad was, like, not buying me consoles. Because I was, like, yo, like, every other kid in my class has, like, a, a Game Boy or something. They're, like, yeah. playing Pokemon and I'm missing out, you know? And I was, yeah. like, this is, like, I was, like, this is criminal. I was, like, praying to God that I get a Game Boy. You know, at that time, that's that's how my brain worked. And then, yeah, 
instead of buying video game consoles, my dad used to buy me like sets of encyclopedias. And this is like pre-internet. Really? Yeah. Really? That's okay. Um, have... So, and then like during, during my youth, like when I was like, like really young, like maybe six or seven, I would just spend all my time reading encyclopedias and like learning stuff. Right. And that's where right. I learned about Islam. That's where I learned about Christianity and like all these different religions. Right. That's where I learned about like, uh, history, colonization, like all these different topics that I had, like I had, didn't have access to because I didn't have internet or we had like dial up internet, I think, but it wasn't like, it was only for like important work. Um, and like, basically I remember just like a lot of my childhood was spent reading. And now, now that I'm 22, I, I un- finally understand the importance of that because my dad at that really young age instilled this idea of curiosity in my naive brain, you know? And mm-hmm. now I'm curious about everything. Now I just want to read books. I want to list, like, I've been reading like 30 books a year, sit, like, you yeah. know, since 2017 or whatever. I picked it up again. I understand that reading is such an important skill in life that it can take you anywhere, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So in, in, at that, the whole reason for this rant is basically at that time, I didn't understand what my dad was trying to do. And I was very angry, right? Right. But in, right. in 15, 16 years, it has paid off to, to, mm-hmm. to the level where I'm, I'm so glad that he did that, you know? Right. You know, uh, I, I think I, I, I saw a quote somewhere. I don't know who, who said it, but it's like, um, it may be something which you dislike, but you do not know it is good for you or something along the lines of that, you know? Right. Like, uh, do we even know ourselves? Do you even know what, what is good for you? Like, you know, what is good for ourselves? Like, it's a very no, difficult I, thing to like. I mean, I know maybe a tiny fraction, but not, not, not everything, right? Um, I mean, sometimes I like reading a lot about like science fiction and stuff. And mm-hmm. sometimes like, like it's always pushed that, oh, humans are intelligent, blah, blah. But if you look at it, like maybe, maybe aliens might view us as ants, right? Like if you go into your backyard and you see an ant, you don't try to communicate with it. Right. I just and I think it. It, it might be, it might be, it might be like, that might be the same thing for us with aliens. Like aliens, we're, we're probably just ants. Like our l- level of intelligence is so low that they're like, we're not even going to bother with these But guys. I mean, like even in, in the gra- grandiosity of the universe, like if, if you take right. everything like uh, last weekend or not last, yeah, like sa- Saturday, I, you know, Noel, right? Noel yeah. and I, we, we hiked up a mountain, right? Yeah. Uh, we met up and you know Noel I've known him as long as I've known you you know we've, we've been friends right. for a while and like you know mm-hmm. even though in middle school we didn't really get along as much over the years we like became really good friends you know right um, so Noel and I we, we hiked up this mountain and at first I was just like really like like the night before I was about to like flop and I was like you know what I gotta study like I don't wanna hike this mountain it's like 7 kilometers you know like yeah. I'm not Holy I'm crap. not physically fit yeah, I mean, like, there and back at seven kilometers. So, like, but yeah. I think the elevation was the hardest part. It's called, it's called a Haling Peak in Canmore. And I'm not, I, I'm like, oh, I like. More? Okay. Yeah. So, like, I like, I like hiking, but I haven't hiked since 2016. So, like, it's been a minute right. since I've gone out in the, in the wilderness, you know. And so, I was just like, you know, and over quarantine, like, I've definitely gained some weight. You know, I'm not in the best shape. Gyms are closed, you know. I kind of let myself go. Uh, in that regard <laughs> like i'm just gonna be honest <laughs> haven't we all right <laughs> exactly i mean like you know how much pressure can you put on yourself during a time like this um but yeah so like i was like about to flop on him but then i was like you know that's not a very nice thing to do because we discussed about we talked about going there like a week ago so i was like okay you know what we'll do it right so as i as i did it you know like the first 15 minutes was like hell 
I was like, yo, let's go back. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Cause yeah, we're yeah. climb up all the way to the summit. Like we're going to summit this mountain, right? My and God. Yeah. Look up, like the de- destination seems so far away. Right. So I, I, I want to get into this a little bit because I've had these ideas over the weekend and I want to talk about it on the podcast. I want to know. What you Please think about go ahead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm all ears. Okay. So as I'm climbing this mountain, I, there's a lot initially when I started, it's a lot of pain. Like I don't want right. to do it. The first 15 minutes, my, the, my calves are burning from all the lactic acid built up. Like, you know, I'm just like not in a place where I'm enjoying it. You know, the view isn't that great yet. Cause I'm just at the ground level and I'm moving. Right. And as I'm moving, I'm running out of breath. I'm like, you know, like I realize I'm really out of shape, you know, <laughs> I'm like trying to come up this incline and the incline was also very uh, steep. Right. Mm-hmm. And Noel is a more seasoned hiker than me. He's moving on. You know, I'm trying to catch yeah. up and I'm like, I'm, tr- yeah. I'm doing my best to be honest. You know, I'm out here, you know, yeah. maybe I have 15 more pounds on my body that I shouldn't have. I'm just like, and you know, you're carrying a backpack, you're carrying water and it's a, it's a hot day. There's a lot of people out as well. Right. You're on this trail, yeah. but then slowly every, you know, you stop thinking about the bigger picture. Cause when you look up at the top, you get so scared because that is a daunting task. How are you going to like overcome that thing? This mountain, this huge, you know, thing, how are you, how are you supposed to you, this little thing, how are you supposed to like climb up to that thing? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I stopped looking up and I just stopped, started looking at my next step. All I did was I was like, okay, you know what? Just focus on your next step. You know, if we keep moving, we will get there. We don't have to worry about, we don't have to worry about what's ahead. We just have to worry about now what's going on right now. Right. So then you start becoming more and more present. You get out of your head. Right. You realize like right now is all we have. Like, this is all we can do. And you become more. Yeah. And I think. I think as a society, we've been very, we've been far removed from that feeling of being in line with nature and having right. our senses be grounded in, in what is around us in that environment, right? Yeah. So I, I felt that finally and I was like getting, I was like, okay, so after 30 minutes, I'm into it. Like, I'm like, okay, even though it is painful, all I have to worry about is one step at a time. So I was just literally hitting it one step at a time. So it kind of is like an analogy to life. Where right. when you're climbing, when you're like on an uphill battle, literally on an uphill battle, right? Yeah. You know, you can't be thinking about the far destination, whatever picture that you have in the, in the right. digital future, right? Right. You got to think about whatever's ahead of you, right? Mm-hmm. And then be mm-hmm. fully present in the moment so that you can propel yourself towards that goal slowly, right? Absolutely. These like minute steps that I was taking compounded over time, right? So two and a half hours later, we were at the top. We submitted, right? Yeah. And when you're at the top of this mountain, there's like this feeling of euphoria because you achieved something amazing, right? Right. Because you look back. So another thing is like as I was moving towards the top, I looked back once right. in a while to see how far I've come. Right. Right. And that's also uh, like an analogy towards life because look at how far you've come, right? Right. Like if you, we get so lost in our daily thoughts of like, and this hamster wheel of like, oh, we have to get here, then we have to get here, then we have to get here, then we die, whatever the case may be, right? Like these, these obligations from your career, these obligations from your family, your religion, whatever the case may be. And you forget to breathe. You forget to realize like, wow, there's so much going on right now. And you forget to look at how far you've come. You know, you let it go, but you forget to look back at how far you've come. So I was doing that a lot. And I was like getting very emotional about it. I was like, wow, like 30 minutes ago, I was like, uh, you know, uh, you know, like one third of the way there. And now I'm like half the way there, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, 
so then you get to the top and then the last bit of it was very difficult. It was very steep. Like you have to literally, I was like slipping and falling and I have like, you know, I was kind of scared. I'm not going to lie. Because uh, <laughs> you, you, yeah. you move past the alpine line, which is where the trees are. And then it's just like loose rock. So you right. kind of like hike up the loose rock and onto the, and you, you know, you've been to Alberta. The, the views are amazing, right? They're, oh my God, they're yeah. incredible. <laughs> so as we got to the top, man, like, this sense of relief of like kind of like equilibrium homeostasis if you want to call it right in this moment this momentary sense of like surrealism like you're at the top of this mountain right and the view the 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 perspective you gain is incredible because you see how massive this thing is how incredibly powerful nature is the universe is how much you have out of your control and how much you have in your control Mm -hmm. you know and then you look down and you look at the valley and you're like wow like this view is an hour away from my house and half the time when I'm anxious, when I'm in my head, I stay cooped up in my basement where I'm right now recording this podcast. Right. And like the world is so much grander than you think it is because we just like to live in here in the noggin, you know, all the time. Right. So it made me realize that, okay, so once I summited it, there was this feeling of euphoria. The view was worth it. And along the way, there were people that were encouraging me. They were like, Hey man, it's 30 more minutes. You got this. Or like an hour more. You got this. The view's going to be worth yeah. it. You know, people coming down from the, from the peak. Oh yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So then that made me realize just like life during the journey, I have so many friends that are so supportive of me. You know, they like encourage me to become the best version of myself. And how can I not be grateful for that? You know, how can I be, in my head all the time, anxious about what is to come. That's when right. I know it will come, regardless of what it is, it will happen, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after you get to the top, that's a victory, right? That's a victory yeah. in itself. But then you realize, hey, man, that's not the end. Because now you got to get down. Right, right, right. No one ever talks about the descent down. They always talk about just climbing up. Right, right. And then, so then that's another obstacle. Because you thought the end, end was like, you, you can't stay up there forever. You know what I mean? Like you have to come back down. So you, you think that, you know, we have goals and we're like, Oh yeah. Once I become an engineer, once I become a, you know, a musician, a doctor, whatever, that's it. That's the end goal. That's heaven, you know? So I was kind of treating this experience like with my, with my, for example, I'm in the process of trying to get into medical school now because that's something I want to do. And I was thinking in my head, like, that's it. Like once I get in, life is going to be rosy, you know? everything's going to be good. Parents are going to be happy, you know, but her life rarely works out the way you think it is going to, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this... then all we have in our control is just to be very, very present of what is going on around us and then just be truthful to ourselves, have people that we love around us, surrounding us, and mm-hmm. then just taking it step by step because you will get there wherever you mm-hmm. want to go. You just have to move, you know? Right. Exactly. It's just like, um, you're making you're reminding me of Uncle Iroh from Avatar right now. <laughs> if you watch, if you watched Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yes, I did when I was a, when I was a kid. One of his quotes was, um, "I forgot, but they're moving through a dark tunnel." He's like, he's like, as long as you keep moving, you will eventually find the light, or whatever. Wow, yeah, that's the like, truth. Right. You know, and, you, uh, life will throw you a lot of difficult situations you know regardless of your socioeconomic status regardless of your race culture religion everyone's tragedy you know a a lot of people they're like they're like yeah like if only i was rich then this and that right but i bet you like while i lay at night thinking about my problems jeff bezos is probably laying awake (laughs) at night thinking about a bunch of other problems on his own right 
and if like, he's like the tragedies of life are like it doesn't matter how rich you are uh you know your friends are going to die you are going to die you know right. like that's something that is universal regardless your your death doesn't care about your wallet size you know maybe yeah. you avoid it for long enough using like modern science and like if you have money you maybe have means to you have access to those uh technologies that elongate your life right but at the end of the day like to face something like the end of life like like while you're alive like these ideas are very abstract i guess and uh very subjective because you know it it, it differs from person to person how you perceive life is your reality right right so one thing i've realized is that like we always try to go from point a to point b like to the end but there is no end except for the the end itself right well you're bringing a realization to me right now <laughs> that's what this is for you know it's an open vector for ideas right right so, so then you realize you know like then what is death right like death is the end of, end of it all so none of it like all these goals that you have they're just stepping stones along the way and this life course is a long period of time you know we're only 22 22 23 right you know? there's a lot long ways to go you know i talked to my grandma recently in bangladesh and then I was like, I'm kind of scared about this exam and stuff like that. And she was like, listen, like I got my bachelor's of arts back in 1964 as a woman in this mm-hmm. country that didn't really allow women to like get educated at the time, like Muslim women, right? Right. And then she was like saying like, if I can do that, then you can do anything, you know? And I was like, damn, like that's pretty inspiring. Like, you know, there's so much love. There's so much motivation there. Right. Exactly. So why are we then running towards the, the end, right? Like, mm-hmm right now it's beautiful too you know (laughs) yeah i mean maybe i i think it it's definitely it definitely has to do with the crazy amounts of instant gratification we have right Mm. even like even with like uber eats you know like amazon uber eats like fast food instagram all that i think that's just like makes people think of just the end goal you know never the process right i'm uh, I, like a lot of people say like it's the journey that matters not the end result but usually during the journey i'm like oh my god this is so much suffering or whatever right? right and then only after i'm done the journey i'm like all right the journey wasn't that bad it's actually more fun than the right right so the think about it this way though the suffering never ends you have to suffer regardless of where you are or you know what i yeah. mean like there's problems that are going to come your way like there's no way you can stop them literally yeah. no way like and then why would you want to live a life where you don't have problems that's the thing, right? It gets no, like, too that's so, that's too orderly. That's too boring. You're not really seeing any, you know, any growth happening. You know, there's no randomness in it. It's all orderly. Like there's this insane quote by Alan Watts that I'm, I'm going to butcher it right now, but hopefully people can look it up. Um, mm-hmm. But Alan Watts was a poet and he was into like the psychedelic movement and he was very, um, very spiritual, very woke dude. Right. Right. And um, he says this thing, you know, like imagine you can dream any dream. You can live in any dream you want. Right. Yeah, and then you would dream for like 70 80 years you dream every dream that you can dream so you'll dream like riches money whatever your wants are whatever your desires are you'll dream for you'll fully dream all of it right right and then you'll dream a bit more and then you'll realize like hmm, let's do something a little bit more random today let's see let's not let's not pick our dream let's see what happens you know right so then you go a little bit more random a little bit more off course a little bit more off course then you go more and more random and more random and more random and more random until and then he says, and finally, you would dream where you are now. Whoa. You know? That's actually pretty, that's actually pretty moving. I've actually never heard of a quote like that before. 
Dude, when I first heard it, like I my my soul died. I was like, what? And it's kind of true, right? Like the randomness of this this reality is insane. The fact that we are alive, the fact that you and I are communicating right now in this time, in this space, right, is ridiculous. Like this is yeah. this is, it's a circus, right? Like you don't you very difficult to understand what is going on, right? So how can you not understand the the beauty in the randomness, the beauty in like the uncertainty that we produce through just mm-hmm. being, you know? Right. Like we struggle so much to have, and and don't get me wrong, we should have certain things under our boundaries and under our control. Like you know, you should have, you should be disciplined. You should have, you should aim towards something, but you should also be okay with the randomness. You should also be okay with the uncertainty that comes with it. And you know, I need to tell myself that more. I think I should preach that to myself before I preach it to other people, because I I get stuck in the uncertainty of it, and then I get very anxious about it. Um, but the beauty of it is just that all of it, me existing, you existing. All mm. of it is kind of chance, right? It's right. just probabilities that are, you know, mashing together for this to become manifested into right. this reality. Yeah, I remember I saw a post. It's like, how lucky I am to be born so that I could get to know you, you know? Oh, wow, yes. I think it's pretty, pretty cool as well, you know? When I, like, right. think about friends and stuff, I'm like, yeah, like, I'm really, really lucky that life somehow put the circumstances together that I, that me and this person would become friends, you know? It's really incredible when you think about it. Like when you look at like the friends that people have and stuff, you're like, wow, like this is actually, it's actually crazy, right? Like if mm. it's all random, but for some reason it works out. You and you know? know what's crazy, man? Like these friends that come, these people that come into your life, I believe that every single person that you have interactions with has a purpose yeah. in your life. Like all, everyone's existence is intentful, right? In the right. sense that, you know, like maybe you're having a bad day and then this random person like, I'll give you an example, right? A friend of our, you know, Sajil, right? Like I've, I haven't talked to Sajil in a while, but we do talk no. once in a while and he'll call me for like a quick 20 minutes and we'll talk mm. about nothing. We'll talk about like politics. We'll talk about like whatever. And you'll be like, Hey man, how are you doing? Right. At the end yeah. of it, we'll just say like, love you to each other. And then that, that's, that's it. But yeah. and then I'll talk to him later on in life. But you know, in that moment, I can feel that he wants good for me. You know, he's yeah. altruistic in the sense that, and you should want good for the people around you because like I said, once everyone succeeds, that energy is incredible. That's such a harmonious, productive vibe to ride rather than like, you know, like I've seen people where they're very like negative towards each other for whatever reason, for their personal gain or like, you know, there's, as people say, snakes in the grass, you know? Right. It does exist. It does happen because people cannot see the, people cannot see how, how much better their life would be if you just were on a positive wave, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to like bring out the best out of everyone rather than, ostracize people and like talk behind their backs or whatever very covertly or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. um so then like i've started to realize like people being in my life is a blessing like every single person regardless like maybe a relationship ends maybe like like whatever happens happens but right that moment of time i learned so much from them you know and i will be forever grateful yeah you know everyone's a teacher in that sense every a lot of people a lot of people say they're like, oh, like, you know, like, uh, life is meaningless. We mean nothing or whatever, right? But I, I remember reading this one post where a person's like, don't say that. Um, because if you had a wave, right? Like, if you just had one wave or, or one function, like a mathematical function that described, um, like, everything in the universe, like, every single thing in the universe, and they created a function with with you in it, and then they they made another function that, that had everything in the universe, but it, it's as if you weren't born 
and then they subtracted the difference from the function uh, without you. So they took the difference of the function with you and the function without you. And there's that tiny, tiny difference. And the person's like, that tiny difference is you, you know? Mm -hmm. So I always like to think, I'm like, I'm like, you know, like no matter how insignificant you seem or whatever, you will always, always, always make a tiny, tiny difference. In everyone's yeah. life, man, for sure. Like I think all the interactions you have, what is it? It's just like, you're, you're exchanging ideas, you're exchanging motivation, energies, right? Like, and that's why you hang around with people that make you feel good, that make you realize how lucky you are to be on this planet and where you are, right? right. Um, and so at the end of the day, I think it's so powerful to have that kind of mindset over any other, because like you never know what kind of an impact you might have on another person, right? Like I can give you an example. Like I was having a bad day, uh, maybe last week sometime. And you know, like everything comes in ebbs and flows. So it's not like anything out of the ordinary for me. Um, you know, some days are good, some days are bad. Right. So I was just like not having a productive day or whatever. So I went down to a coffee shop here. Um, right. Like, the, you know, these coffee shops are open now in Alberta. Um, and there was this like older gentleman sitting down and it was just the two of us. Right. So I spite, like we, we sparked up a conversation and he was telling me about his life course and he told me like he's 84 and he's like really fit. And he's like, Oh yeah, I was in the military. You know, I've been to so many countries. I've met so many people. And he's like, I've only been educated until like grade nine. And then my dad like told me to like move to like Quebec or something and then to get a job. Cause he's from the small town in Ontario. Right. Right. And I've, I just listened to him and it almost felt prophetic because I was like, who sent you here today? You know, like I, I was having this day where I needed some guidance, you know, yeah. and I got it in the form of this older gentleman that just came into my life. And I know we exchanged names and he kind of gave me this inspiration, this motivation of like, he, he was like, you know what? In life, it's just a long course. Cause I told him I'm like feeling these, these types of ways. And he's like, you know, I'm four times older than you. He's like 84 or whatever. Right. Right. Like, you know, don't, don't worry about it. You know, like it takes a long time. It takes patience. It takes time, you know, just appreciate the journey. Cause like, if you don't take care of yourself, then, you know, you, the, the end result isn't, isn't going to be the best possible result you could have gotten. Right. That's fair. Mm -hmm. Man. I, I, I actually used to do that. I lived in Port Dover for like two, two months and uh, literally there was nothing to do, but there was an old, there was like a retirement home near me. Um, and literally in the evenings, all I would do is I would go there and I would, I would sit down and be like, I'm 22. Um, I don't know anything. Please give me your life advice. <laughs> hey man, they, they're probably grateful too. You'd probably be surprised with the kind of things they said, you know, it's quite simple stuff, you know, like they're like, save money, you know, um, you know, floss your teeth and all that stuff, you know, That's but that really yeah. does, that does play an impact, right? Like if you don't floss your teeth, then you end up having a lot of um, health problems, which reduces the quality of your life down the line. Right, right? Right, so right. there's so much, there's so much information, so much advice packed into just a neat little sentence. A lot yeah. of it has to do with like your personal health, right? Like the, we, we yeah. health as if like health should be put in front of everything else, your mental health and your physical health should be your number one priority over literally everything else. Just because in my opinion, obviously. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think health is pretty much one of the key indicators to happiness. Right. And like, even if you think about like these chronological expectations that people might put on you, like, for example, you know, we have these cultural ideas that by 25, you're supposed to have this job, you're supposed to be stable, you're supposed to have your place, uh, you know, get married, have children, have a car, job, uh, house, whatever, right? Right, Dog, right. The whole suburban American dream, right? Um, but these are just social norms that are kind of enforced through what, like through interactions, 
right? right? And so people talk about age, like they're like, oh, you know, I'm getting older. I'm, you know, of course you're getting older. Everyone is getting older, right? Like that's how time works. It works unidirectionally. But what I'm trying to say is like, if you preserve your health and if you stay active, you stay fit. When you're 30, when you're 32, right? And if you're like relatively, you know, you've taken care of yourself, you know, right. you can, if, if, if this, if the, if your body is like the vehicle that you use to like, which, which it is to like, you know, transport yourself through like time and like through like, you know, space, you then get better return of investment from that, you know, because mm-hmm. you can, you can enjoy this life for a longer period of time, assuming, right. you know, there are no external forces that come in and your life. But, right. you know, a natural death would be you'd be able to elongate your life as, as long as you want, you know, and that, that seems sure. to me like, like more time to experience things. And I think it all comes down to like experience, you know, like um, I've, I started to realize that the more you experience in life, the more you age because you gain more information from these mm-hmm. from these experiences. Right. right. And they, yes. You become wiser. You know, like I have some gray in my beard now and I, I vibe with it, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah came through well i mean i think i feel like reddit has aged aged me a lot mm-hmm. mentally right because i got a lot of perspective from people who are like who are really old and stuff and so right. i remember i was talking to some guy he's like close to retirement at work he's like you know you're 22 but but the way you think is like a 45 year old and i'm like oh man right but then later i realized that that was kind of a compliment so right no but that's really really good though just because in the sense that i think once you have the quicker you try to you at least attempt to figure things out mm. right the more you can the more conscientious you become the better outcomes you can get in life right like so for example i think i was very i was very directionless for the first two and a half years of university i think just because i was like in this this mentality of enjoying life without having any goals just living the, that instant gratification life you know where i was just right. like living for the instagram living for uh you know partying social life whatever it may be right like i'm like oh, this yeah is more important c's get degrees kind of mentality which is really toxic because you shouldn't right. aim that low you should aim as high as you can as but, you call, yeah yeah so but for me that was just like i think like now i can look back and judge myself and say wow what an idiot why didn't i do this but it needed to be that way because that's right if i yes. hadn't had that experience I, I wouldn't be where i am today and like that had to come in that package and i had to open that package in that way i had to get slapped that's in the right. face like that for That's me right. to be like, oh, hold on a second. Like, this is not the best possible life that I can live. You right. know, let's pick things up. Let's clean things up. Why wouldn't I want to be the best version of myself? Why am I undermining my, my, my potential, you know, right. and sacrificing that in order to be likable, in order to be, have a more, a better social presence? Like, you know, it was ridiculous, right? But yeah. those realizations kind of came upon their own accord, which is, which is why I'm so grateful for my parents because, they didn't really intervene in during this entire time because they allowed me to grow in my, into my own shell rather than them molding something for me, you know? And I'm grateful because then now I have, I've had that experience and now I know myself better than I would have if I didn't go through that. You know? mm-hmm. I'm starting to like myself more. I'm starting to see where my pitfalls are. I'm starting to like understand where I can go. I'm starting to see what my possibilities are, right? Right. There's this positive stress that is associated with like, I think it's called you, tr- you stress. Like, you know, there's this positive idea of like becoming, seeing how far I can go. Let's see, let's, let's pull myself in extremes, you know? Right. Right. So we should actively seek discomfort in the way that allows us to productively grow, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
hope that made sense. That was very, that was very abstract. So no, I I know another quick I, Uncle Iro quote is uh <laughs> when we are at our lowest point, we are open to the greatest change. Mm. Or maybe it was from Avatar. I don't know, but either way, I I really resonate with that as well. Mm. You know, especially in university, man. Like you, university, I think is a very I think it's a transformative experience for everyone, me included. You know, mm. um. I remember like in the beginning of university, I didn't really, I didn't really pay attention to my health. I was like, whatever. And I just like basically got Popeyes all the time. Cause I was oh, on yeah, our, the good stuff. I, went, oh. I got shawarma. I was like, Holy crap, this is amazing. Right. Yeah. But then I got like a very, I basically like, I mean, this is something for an, another whole other podcast, but something happened in second year, which completely destroyed my health. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, and the thing is like, you don't even realize you have health until it's gone, you know? Yes, just, just like simple. anything else in life. You don't realize you have it until right. it's gone, right? That's right. Like the simple ability to fall asleep, that's something that's too, that almost everyone takes for granted. granted just, the, yeah. just the ability to fall asleep. Just the ability to be able to wake up properly in the morning, whatever, like have restful sleep, that's taken for granted, you know? Mm-hmm. Even the simple ability to, 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 to like do things during the day, to have energy, that's taken for granted, you know? And... um I lost all of that. I lost like all my desire to socialize. I, I couldn't, I had chronic fatigue. I couldn't sleep. I had insomnia. Like I had all this stuff, right? Was that related and, to like your mental health? If you don't mind me asking? Not at all. No, no, no. no. Okay. It's, it's, it's closer to like uh, your immune system attacking your own body and then your body just. Uh, Did you have like an autoimmune disease? No, I took, I, I um, basically like I took, I took a bunch of supplements or whatever to combat hair loss. And then basically what oh, ended up wait, happening dude. is I ended up, uh, I ended up like stressing out about it. Like I stressed out about like sim- potential symptoms and stuff. And because I stressed out, Did you take finasteride? Um, not finasteride, sapometo. Okay. What is that? Like sapometo is basically like finasteride, but it's like finasteride is, is, um, it basically binds to five alpha reductase to reduce the DHT, DHT which is right, in your yeah. hair. but Sapometo, it uses other, other mechanisms to reduce the DHT in your body. Not, not by uh, binding to the, the, the enzyme, but basically like I took it, I stressed out that maybe I have symptoms. Oh my God, or am I getting gyno or whatever? Right. And mm-hmm. because of that, my immune system automatically was like, all right, he thinks something's wrong with his body. Something's wrong You're with under, his body. Under, so under attack basically. Basically, it's like, it's like you're, you're too stressed. You think something's wrong. So your body like starts tearing your entire, the entire place. Man, that's apart. crazy, man. Like, because I, I know, I know what you mean. Like I have, I'm losing hair at the moment, you know? And I'm yeah. like, obviously look at pictures of like when I was in, in high school and then look at pictures of myself now. And I was like, who's this guy? Right. But honestly, dude, like I've realized I've like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I have to shave it off because I realized like, there's no reason for me to hold on to something that isn't going to be there it's just more adding more stress to like like i'm trying to hide myself from the world basically right i'm trying to become something that i'm not because of what other people's uh to be other people's eye candy like that doesn't make any sense to me why am i castrating myself in order to get like hair follicles come up on my head so then my self-esteem can you know and i understand how like dude the first time you you, like i don't know i don't know how how it was for you but the first time for me was just like I shaved my head last summer and like it started growing back very patchy around the temples. I was like, what the hell? Like what's going on? You know? And then, so then that first sense of like seeing that hair loss is like the first sign of your mortality. You're like, wait a second. Like this is last forever, you know? But I've, I've been following a lot of people that are like very pro shave your head. uh, Just get it over. A bunch of my friends did it, you know, over this quarantine. I was like, you know what? Like 
I'm not going to cry over it because it is, it is happening to me regardless of whether I want it to happen or not. It's completely out of my control, right? Right, So exactly. I can try to mediate it for, for how long? How long am I going to... Because, dude, I've looked into everything, like hair transplants, uh, finasteride, uh, Propecia, what's it called? Uh, minoxidil. Minoxidil. Every, trust me, that's like... That's yeah. literally like the entire... This is like the I'm losing my hair starter pack. Like every person... <laughs> like, it's like, all right, what can I do? This, 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 whatever. And the worst, the worst is when you're like, when you go and you you start checking other people's hairlines and you're like, oh, oh yeah, that's yeah, like when it's so bad. You're like, yeah, oh man, like, I've been there, this guy has more hair than me and you're yeah. just like, uh, right? But you know what the best part is? Like you're so conscious about it, but the moment you shave your head, it's like magically you don't care anymore. It's yeah, like a it's switch. Over. Yeah. It's like a switch. It, it's so, it's so weird. Um, and then right after that, like uh, it was fine, and and actually, like everyone said that I looked good. It was like universal. No, dude, no I think like I bald always looks better than balding, because for bald sure. you have control over, right? Man, one time I didn't have access to hair clippers for like four weeks, and I swear I looked forty. I was like, oh my god, I need to shave yeah, my head immediately. You're going up patchy, like like yeah. For me, like I have a bunch of like a lot of my hair is the way I describe it is like. You know, like some of my hairs look sick, like they're diseased, you know, and like yeah. there's parts of it where it's like heavy density and like you can't really tell. But then yeah. I've realized like, you know, like what is it? It's just follicles in your, on your scalp. Right. And it defines right. who you are. Like that seems very shallow. Right. As a person, as a personality, you're supposed to grow yourself. Like, yes, if there's some, if it's something that you hold very close to you, like, dude, I used yeah. to like styling my hair and everything like that. And at a point right. I wanted to like dye it and do cool things with it, but I can't anymore. Right. Um, so, but like part of it, 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 it is kind of like a death because you realize like if a part of you dies, you have to make sure the other parts of you are stronger, you know? So like right. focus on the stuff you can control, focus on your fitness, focus on your uh, style game, on like your skills that you have. Dude, hair follicles, if anybody judges you based on the amount of follicles you have in your head, then yeah. you don't want to be with them. You don't want to hang out with them, you know? No, ex- like, exactly. Um, especially like for me, like people thought like, like people would always comment on my hair and stuff like that. Right. So that was kind of a, a blow, but I remember coming back to school in the fall, right, right after I shaved my head and everyone, like, I remember a professor straight up was like, Whoa, your hair looks different. And everyone in the lecture hall, like looked at my head and I was like, I was like, yeah, it's, it feels lighter this way. And everyone started laughing. So it, it really works out as long as you embrace it, I think, but it's mm-hmm. tough though to say that it's easy. It isn't, you know, oh, and you do have to, easy. you have to, you have to go through quite the process, you know, um, to go through it. And, and the thing is, I'm lucky to have a good head shape. So like, I not, like, I believe I actually look better with a shaved head. No, I think for sure. Some people definitely look like you look amazing, dude. I mean, like, especially with your glasses and everything, like you, you you compliment (laughs) your face. Um, I think like everyone, everyone can play to their strengths. You know what I mean? And, um, especially with something like, I think a lot of men, like there's a lot of pressure on men to be like, you know, you look at, someone like chris hemsworth and you're like damn like what the hell what is this guy right. like what oh, <laughs> you know and like yeah. you're like okay why can't i look like that or why can't i be like this you know and, and for me like dude i'm i'm only five 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 four five five somewhere around there i'm pretty short you know compared to the average male so a lot of yeah. the time my insecurities were around being short and i was like oh at least i have a full head of hair and then guess what <laughs> i grew up and like you know that leaves as well but the main thing is like external confidence can only take you so far you know that's right that's right. Uh, you have to be That's able right. to be, you have to be able to accept yourself for who you are, love yourself, and then exert that feeling, express that feeling into the world. So it manifests like your being of who you are, right? And the way you present yourself is, the, is how people will 
receive you, right? So if you're the type of person that all you talk about is balding, people will be like, yeah, <laughs> I like you. <laughs> Maybe this guy's kind of like, you know, insecure about it or whatever. They can tell. People can pick it up. But if you're like a cool dude that just like shaves his head and you're like, I'm cool with it, you know? Because yeah. you're not the only person, dude, there's like, uh, in my friend group, there's like five to six people that are, I want to say one third of all, all my friends that are males yeah. are yeah. going through this. So like, it's it's not it's not something that is very that is um only exclusive like you know when it's happening to you you're like oh why me God like does God hate me God I know like, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that was that was me that you, like everything you're saying is textbook me at the beginning but I, mean, I lost textbook started, everyone you know so I started receding at 16 hmm. so it was kind of like a it was kind of a tough one you know especially because I was I was like skinny as well like hmm. the 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 thing on guys to be like jacked and stuff that's pretty tough as well. That puts a lot of pressure on me as well because I feel I actually feel pretty bad about myself if I'm just not if I if I'm like oh I'm not huge you know if I'm just skinny or my yeah my so that's that skinny. comes back to like the comparison uh, mindset yeah dude. you have to be able to be like maybe do a push up today that you didn't do yesterday you know and like right. accept your body for what it is like you have control over parts of your body right like it's not it's not it's like you can you can control your weight I at least you know assuming you don't have uh you know external factors like more uh, like diseases and stuff that affect you right. you know right. you Absolutely. can you know get on like this caloric deficit or surplus based on the type of body you want and right. you can exert yourself in, in in the domain of physical activity and acquire the type of body that you want right so mm-hmm. that's something that i'm always aware of because i know like you know we're young now we have high testosterone we have like right. you know, we have time to build ourselves so then we should be using potentializing all that absolutely right? absolutely i agree with that that's the thing. I, I, I remember reading, like, they're like, get fit before you hit, like, 35. Just do it, you know? Right, right. So, like, maybe building habits that compound and give you that, you know, like, even small things like a push-up a day. That's, like, seven push-ups a week. That's, like, you know, 14, uh, you know, 30 push-ups a month, you know? Right. So, like, things add up over time, right? And you just have to, like, carry that momentum over and over and over and over and over and over again until you die, basically. So, it's a lifelong process, right. you know? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, man. I mean, like, it is, it is a, a scary place to be, but I'm glad that you accepted, accepted it. And, like, you know, I, I hope other people, maybe other guys that listen to this podcast can kind of find, uh, you know, yeah. courage in other people doing it. Because it does help as a social movement. And, like, it seems like it's yeah. being more and more, it's, it's more and more acceptable within communities. Like, I know for a fact that my, like, South Asian community or whatever, like, you know, it's very anti-bald for whatever for whatever reason mm-hmm. you know like my mom was just like ever since i started shaving my head she was like what are you doing like you know yeah. <laughs> like she let it grow out it looks so nice i was like nah <laughs> like it doesn't <laughs> you know yeah yeah no i feel you I, I do think the people you surround yourself are really instrumental like for example everyone who was around me was really encouraging when i shaved my head and stuff mm-hmm. and so that really helped me build build a greater self-worth um in a world without hair you know what i mean right. um and then consequently if you have people who are like who are like oh you know like you should have hair or something or you should get some hair transplant that's really going to destroy you right mm-hmm. that can really destroy you especially as a young man like you're 20 you know like that and it's like what are, what are we doing here you know like if this is how nature intended things to be in terms of just like yeah. my, my physical look right so mm-hmm. i'm trying to like manipulate my genes or whatever the case may be just for what for myself or is it for like other people to think that I'm attractive. Maybe I don't, maybe I shouldn't be with those people that only find me attractive based on my hair follicles. 
Right, exactly. So like you have to be able to build your personality around who you are rather than who you are from the outside, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's all part of the story. Like, you know, now you can make being bald a part of who you are. Like, that's cool. You own up to it, right? Like, it's like, like, I, I like it. I like the look. I like the look of having like, you know, like my, my podcast's uh, artwork is I'm, I'm bald in it, you know? Yeah, it looks sick. It looks sick. Okay. Right. My friend, she, she like, well, actually like she did it and then I had like a stubble going on. I had like a, I went down to like the zero guard and had a little bit of stubble on my right. head. Right. And she couldn't replicate like the, the technique for that. I was like, you know, just leave it, leave it uh, bald. I like it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it will give courage to other men out there that are struggling with this self insecurity and like this idea of mm-hmm. uh, this image idea, right? That you yeah. know, like you can be, you know, society put does put a lot of pressure on you. Like try to yeah. try to be the best version of uh, that you can imagine yourself being, right? And that involves like being financially secure, being like uh, someone who's trustworthy and accountable, someone who doesn't lie, someone who's honest, right? Someone who's mm-hmm. a fa- stand up guy, someone who's like really there for their friends and also like able to carry themselves in a manner that that seems powerful you know like yeah exactly i know like once i'm done with uh in terms of like the style thing i just want to say like once i'm done with my term at imperial oil i'm gonna grow my beard i'm I, i'm trying to achieve that that badass like bald with the mm-hmm. with the nice thick beard look, it's, a, it's a good look man i think yeah. like most guys that grow that get like you know it's because it's related to, to testosterone most of yeah. the time, the sensitivity is to testosterone. So sometimes when you're bald, a lot of people can also grow like a good facial hair. Um, That's what so I'm... You can kind of like balance it out and then create a look that works for you. And then like I'm telling you, regardless of the amount of hair follicles you have on your scalp, you'll do amazing things. You know, like I'm so, I'm so glad we got to sit down today and I got to catch up with you on air after 10 years of just like not, not even, uh, not really being involved in each other's lives as much, you know? Well, like my friend Matt said, right? It's it's just like um, you pick up where you left off, even though an infinite amount of time has passed. It's incredible, yeah. man. I'm really proud of how far you've come and like the things that you're doing. Like, I'm really excited to see where you will go. You know? Hey, man, I've seen all your podcasts and I've been reading your blog, and you're doing really well. Keep up the good work. You know? Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Having friends like you and you know people surrounding me that give me hope and like courage is like all I can ask for. And pay, I, you know, all I can do is pay that forward and see where that takes me but yeah man thanks for coming on i'm just gonna talk to you off the air but uh i'm I'm glad we did this thanks for having me man i really appreciate it all right man take care